Hey there, thoughtful listener. What is your number one lead generation blocker? Head to upmyinfluence.com slash quiz to find out right now. That's upmyinfluence.com slash quiz, and I'll share why you aren't getting the intros and sales you deserve. We're also actively seeking guests for this daily commercial-free entrepreneur wisdom podcast. Agency owners, consultants, coaches, and B2B service providers, head to upmyinfluence.com slash guest, and I'd love to promote your expertise to our amazing audience. Let's get on with the show. With us right now, it's Brendan Baker. Brendan, you are the director of Valuable Change Co., and you're found on the web at valuablechange.com. You are also the author of the book, Valuable Change, and it's a pleasure to have you here. Thank you for having me on. It's a pleasure to be here. All right. Uh, So what is the valuable change that you are helping leaders create in the world? Uh, I'm all about helping leaders deliver change that actually makes a difference, that actually achieves what they want to achieve. Uh, And so that way you're not wasting resources and time and effort and and emotional capital on things that ultimately doesn't pay off. Okay. And and so what what activity should we be engaged in? So it's all about change leadership. And so change leadership isn't just about coming up with a solution to the problem and delivering it. Change leadership is about thinking about things holistically and think about three key priorities. Clarity, being really clear up front, starting with the why, figuring out what metric you're looking to shift and then then figuring out what you need to do. Driving momentum within your teams and delivering well, and then ultimately using that to drive and create influence. And essentially, it ripples through. You, You can't do one without the other. You can't do one well without the other. Clarity rolls into momentum, momentum rolls into influence. Yeah. And is there a, do you think that there's a, is there a bias against change or is there a bias for change, for change sake, change's sake? There, there is a, there's a natural resistance to change. I I think not, not, not all of us, well, the vast majority of us. I mean, I, in many ways, I'm the exception to the rule here where I'm one of these weirdos that actually likes change. But um, <laughs> most people don't like change. Most people don't, uh, you know, they're, they're not excited by the idea of it. But uh, ultimately, what it comes down to is um, a couple of levers. In fact, there, there's, a, there's an interesting um, study that was done uh, over in Belgium a few years back by some behavioral researchers. And they were looking at the human response to pain. And it's, that's an interesting lens to look at it because change is painful, right? Change is painful, change is difficult. And so when you look at it with that lens, you go, okay, well, what are these guys doing? And what they did is they challenged the existing rhetoric. And the existing rhetoric was we humans do anything we can to avoid pain. And so if you've let a change before, uh, that probably sounds fairly familiar and it's like, well, everyone's resisting this. Everyone's doing what they can to, to avoid this. Mm-hmm. And so these researchers, they challenged that notion. They said, well, no, that's not the full picture. The full picture is broader than that. There's, there's more factors. And so what they did, they got two groups of students. Uh, the, the first group of students, we'll call them the, 
uh, the poor souls. They strapped them up to a machine that basically gave them an electric shock uh, and they put a screen in front of them. And the screen had really simple number and letter-based tasks. And every time they got a correct answer, um, they got zapped. Uh, needless to say, that group <laughs> didn't do all those many of those questions. Uh, yeah. They stopped uh, after just a couple. Then they got the second group. And the second group, they strapped up to a similar machine uh, with the same kind of questions, except this group, they added a point counter to the screen. And the more points they got, the more money they got at the end of the, 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 the study. Any guesses as to which group completed more of the questions? All right, tell us. <laughs> the, the second group, right? Because there, there was a, there's a motivating factor there. There was the point counter, which ultimately there was a monetary reward. Um, and it wasn't just the monetary reward, the monetary reward. What the researchers had, uh, I think, inadvertently done is gamified it because these were university students. And so there is no way in the world that these students were not walking out of that uh, and asking, oh, how many points did you get? I got 32. Well, I got 33, you know, and comparing toughness, right? And and so there were these multiple factors. And so what ended up happening was that second group endured a whole lot more of the pain. And so it's not so much that we humans avoid pain. Mm. It's we avoid pain unless we have a good enough reason to endure it. And so that ultimately leads to a really interesting equation for us as change leaders. Basically, uh, it is pain. Sorry, it is reward minus pain equals decision. That's the equation. And so as a change leader, you have two levers. And so as, as you said, you know, it's painful. We all, none of us particularly want to take this on um, but what's missing there is well what's the reward in that equation and why is it so painful and so as a change leader your role is to essentially look at those two levers and say well why would anyone do this why in the world would anyone do this and that's that's about well what's in it for them and what's the reward for them and that kind of empathetic thinking but the mm. other element here is and why is this painful for them why does this suck for them right mm. And how can I make that easier? And when you start asking those two questions, you then start to be able to drive better influence and you start to be able to uh, lead towards the decisions that you're looking for uh, from the people that you're looking to change. You know, when we're thinking about our role as a leader, if we understand this concept, right, and we understand as well um, people's desire to avoid pain, um, can mm. we use that to our advantage in leadership in a, you know, maybe, I don't know if it's connecting the dots a little bit better, or maybe that's, I don't know if that's helpful. I mean, we don't want to be doom and gloom leaders, right? But <laughs> but as well, you know, it, you know, I think it's always helpful, you know, for folks to understand the bigger picture in stuff, unless it's not. But I, I what, what's your concept from a leadership perspective, particularly when we think about, you know, if we have a department, you know, that that we need you know, that, that, that we need, we need to create results together with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, when it comes to that, I mean, first of all, on your point, <clears throat> fear can be a really interesting motivator. Um, but more often than not, fear is, is when you're driving through change, more often than not, fear is one of the key factors towards why it's painful, which is why and I, at the very beginning I started, clarity is, is where you need to be starting because clarity helps combat a whole lot of the fear. 
around, okay, well, what's happening? When is it happening? Why is it happening? Um, and working through answering those questions and, and being as clear as you possibly can with that. Now, the caveat to all of this is yet uh, I'm assuming that you want people to voluntarily adopt the change that you're driving through. Uh, because if you're just driving through a change and, frankly, you don't care whether or not people adopt it or you or these employees aren't going to be as part of the company anymore, then your responsibility is just to alleviate the pain, um, but it's not towards driving voluntary adoption. But let's assume that you do. Let's assume that you do want voluntary adoption, um, in which case, essentially, you're, um, you're looking to alleviate a lot of that fear and alleviate and reduce a lot of that pain while emphasizing what rewards are in it for them, if any. Uh, and sometimes um, the rewards are carrots. You know, it's, it's, it's going to make your life easier. It's going to do these things. Maybe there's a bonus attached, whatever it is. But sometimes the rewards are the avoidance of the stick. Uh, it, it's, you know, that's how we govern a lot of our society when it comes to crime and things like that. There's, there's the punishment attached. If you do this, you will get punished, right? Like speeding or murder or whatever. There, there's, there's corresponding consequence. And the, so we're essentially rewarded for doing the right thing by not speeding we're avoiding the we're avoiding the fine the fine is an arbitrary con, basically an arbitrary constraint an arbitrary yeah. thing that's been created to, to deter us and so we're being rewarded for doing the right thing in that essence so what you're mm. looking at as a change leader is these two levers reward and pain and and yeah i mean you're, you're absolutely right uh fear is an interesting motivator ultimately it's a pain um, that's, I have been, uh, I have seen it be used on the opposite side as well. Yeah. I mean, I think in sales, I mean, the common thought is that people will do far more to avoid pain than they will to gain reward. I mean, that's, I've heard that for a long time. So then therefore, you know, if you're thinking about offer design or, you know, if you're helping someone come to a conclusion, um, you know, ethically, you know, you certainly want to identify, well, you know, let's review your alternatives if you decide not to move forward and helping them gain clarity over that um, is pretty common. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're absolutely spot on. Um, and so what, there's a, I mean, if you think about it as an equation, there, then, then, then there's a little rhetoric that I tend to recommend for my clients, uh, which is we all tend to overestimate the reward and underestimate the pain mm. uh, when, when we're looking at it, right? Um, whether or not we're all eternal optimists, I'm not sure, but we're all, we're, we, if we're driving through the change, then we're the ones that we are, we're already bought in. Well, others aren't necessarily bought in yet. And, and so we're going to overestimate what's in it for them. And we're going to probably underestimate the, the amount of pain. And so if you uh, just mentally, after you think about it, you know, basically not put, jot some notes down. If you then mentally double the amount of pain that's involved that you think is involved and you mentally half the reward, you're probably dealing closer to reality there. And then you can use that to help shape strategies and, and, and discussions coming out of it. Yeah. Um, let's talk about your book, um, Brendan. So the book is Valuable Change. Uh, and mm -hmm. and who, who should be reading this book? And, and what is the transfer? What is the change that they will experience in their life? Yeah. So um Anyone that is looking to lead a change uh, through their organization is, is who should be reading this book. Uh, so it's written for change leaders, but it's not written for any specific level because a change leader can be 
um, anyone, you know, basically anyone on a team, anyone in the field, um, all the way up through to a CEO, right? Anyone can be leading a change in their organization. What this book it does and what, what, what you will get out of it after reading it is a view on how to put the pieces together. Basically, I've, um, I've, I've recently come across, you know, Krav, Krav Maga. Krav Maga? I'm probably oh, Yeah, Krav Maga. Is yeah. it Krav Maga? Yeah. 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 Or something like that. Yeah. Um, and the, the essence behind that is it's, it's not, it's, it's more of a mixed martial arts in that they've taken the parts that work out of a bunch of different martial arts, right? And built a holistic, highly effective technique. Um, that's essentially the lens of what I've, achieved, what I've achieved with this book. I'm looking at this in terms of there's a whole heap of different multitudes of and ways of doing things. There's, there's ways to manage projects. There's ways to manage your metrics and, and there's ways to manage your people and there's ways to do this and that and that. that. And this, all of these fields get really deep and narrow and niche and, and specific. And as a change leader, um, especially if you're in any, in any kind of senior management role, you do not have time to get to deal with that level of complexity and, uh, and that level of niches. Um, what you need to know is what are the core elements? What are the key questions I need to be answering? And when do I need to be answering them? And ultimately, how do I need to be thinking about this? And so that's what valuable change is. It's a holistic view on well, what are the core elements I need to do here and think here and answer here and put in place here to achieve what I actually want out of this change, as opposed to just doing a job, right? It's all about getting, doing a valuable job, a good job, a job, a, a change that actually pays off. Um, so, and by the way, your, your book is available. It's, you go to valuablechange.com. You can find access to the book. You can buy the book. Um, but tell me more about what Valuable Change Co. does, like who you work with and like who would make a really great intro for you or someone that, you know, listening to our conversation needs, needs to take action and, and, and reach out and, and dive into some of the thought leadership that you're doing. Yeah, so, so we, uh, we, we work with uh, basically everything from medium to large style organizations. Uh, I mean, small, absolutely. If, if you're running a small organization, go and read the book. Uh, and, and I think that'll give you everything you need to run with. Uh, medium to large, uh, there tends to be additional layers of complexity and, and everything else layered on top, additional levels of bureaucracy layered on top. So we work with um, senior leaders and executives in medium to large organizations who are looking to change the way things are done. So whether it's a new IT system, whether it's a new culture, whether it's a restructure, whether it's something completely fresh and different. If you're looking to shift from A to B or X to Y or whatever mm -hmm. it is, uh, and you're looking to drive a change through, we work with you to do that well. And we work with you to ultimately reduce the complexity and get to a level of simplicity because that's uh, basically, I have two key missions with the Valuable Change Co. The first is, help change leaders drive real value, ultimately, you know, make sure it pays off. Uh, and number two, fight unnecessary complexity. And it's all about simplicity. It's all about how do we introduce, reintroduce the simplicity into really, really busy, complex areas. I would imagine, Brendan, that, you know, folks coming in, it, it's not like they're knocking on your door saying, 
we need change, they probably have just identified some things that aren't working well, right? And 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 I think you know a lot of times we can look at change is scary. Change is like, oh, well, we don't want necessarily change, but we do want to overcome. So just you know, I'm just trying to think of like someone who might be, you know, thinking that change is the answer to their problem. Well, maybe, but I think clarity over the fact that something is not optimal. Like, and you know that, like, you know that this, there's something that could be better. Um, so I don't want to, um, you know, convolute the word change uh, as, as thinking that it's just going to be something that's going to be majorly disruptive. Um, what, what's a better way of identifying change that might not be so scary? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, it's it's a funny thing where, I mean, you're, you're right in that um, change doesn't have to be big change does not have to be big in any way or form um and and when i talk about simplicity um it's all about bringing really really quick simple techniques to uh to to usually complex situations um but it doesn't have to be big in fact it's it's normally not um sure i mean some of my clients are, are running big big transformations but some of my clients just want to change the way that their team of seven people operate right and it's it's people have come to me and as, as you mentioned, they say things aren't right or I want to take them here. Or um, in fact, sometimes they, they think the team is already great and they want to do better, right? And, and so ultimately change comes from a catalyst. And so if you're sitting there thinking there's a catalyst here, I don't know what the solution is yet, then that is the starting point, right? Where it's, you go, okay, there's an opportunity on, on the line or there's a, there's a threat I'm seeing or uh frankly, maybe you went to a conference and saw a shiny new thing and go, oh, well, that sounds fun. Let's go do that, right? Um, that typically is where a change will start. And I mean, whether, whether or not, uh, whether you work with me or not, but I'll make one piece of recommendation to all of your listeners here. We humans tend to jump straight to the solution. We just love solving problems. And so we will always jump straight to the new shiny thing. And so it'll be like, there might be that initial inkling of, oh, this is annoying me, or we could be doing this, or we could be doing this better or, or whatnot. And then you'll immediately go, there's a solution and, and go, all right, there's a solution. Let's go roll it out and get that done. And my advice to all of your listeners would be slow down, spend 25 minutes. That's all 25 minutes, get a bunch of people in a room in front of a whiteboard or something like that draw up three columns in the first column, put, uh, you know, title it. Why are we doing this in the second column? Put, how will we prove success And the third column? What are we doing? And then try to start by answering the why basically just start noting things down in there. And what you'll find, especially the first few times you do this, um, is people will start to give you the what in the why people will start to essentially answer the what question. And, you know, what, why are we doing this? You know, well, we need a new database. Well, why do we need, need a new database? Because we need a new database, right? There's inbuilt circular thinking, and you've got to try to break that. And so spend 20, 25 minutes working through that exercise. Why are we doing this? How will we prove success? And what exactly are we doing? You spend 20 minutes up front, makes a meaningful difference down the end, because not only are you focused on the right thing, as in the actual shift you're looking for, but you're also finding out what are you missing? 
And what do you not need to do? Because you're focused again on the right thing. Excellent. All right. So your website, valuablechange.com. When somebody goes there, what should they click on? What do they do? What's their next step? The next step. Um, so uh, if you want to check out the book, it's at valuablechange.com. It's also at um, Amazon and everywhere else. Basically, however you want to consume the book, it is available. Audiobook, ebook, hardcover, paperback, all of that jazz. Um, otherwise, uh, there is a let's chat um, element there. I'm also on LinkedIn. So reach out. I'm honestly a message away. I'm an email away. Really, really, uh, I'm highly responsive. Um, and my wife sometimes suggests that perhaps I'm on my phone a little bit too much. Uh, so I really am highly, highly accessible and, and, and responsive. Just send me through a message and, and, and we can take it from there, essentially. Brandon Baker, again, you're the director of Valuable Change Co. You're found on the web at valuablechange.com. And again, the author of the book, Valuable Change. Thank you so much, Brandon, for joining us. Thanks for having me on, Josh. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. If you're a listener, I'd love to shout out your business to our whole audience for free. You can do that by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or join our listener Facebook group. Just search for The Thoughtful Entrepreneur in Facebook. I'd love even if you just stopped by to say hi. I'd love to meet you. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. We love our community who listens and shares our program every day. Together, we are empowering one another as thoughtful entrepreneurs. Hit subscribe so that tomorrow morning, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. I promise to bring positivity and inspiration to you for around 15 minutes each day. Thanks for listening and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Thank you.